0: welcome everybody to our last podcast of 2022 which is being recorded on friday the 16th of december today i'm joined by john and uh, robert and we're going to take a sort of a slightly light-hearted look at 2022 and where we think things might go in 2023 so Last time we recorded a podcast, John took us back to the 1980s and Bucks Fizz's A Land of Make Believe. So, in the words of Starship, John, are we on the road to nowhere?
1: I think we're on the road to um, a substantial economic contraction rates went up again yesterday is that the ninth quarter that they've put rates up by which is a catastrophic indictment of their utter incompetence because you should not be putting interest rates up for nine quarters on the bounce it just shows how totally behind the curve they were and what a mess the bank of england have made of it Uh, but then the fed and the ecb have done pretty much the same thing too so i can't see that we're not going to have a substantial recession
0: Those um, nine increases, they create an awful lot of uncertainty, don't they? Because it would have been far better to have had three or four more thought out increases rather than where we started this year with what Andrew Bailey described as a preemptive strike by increasing interest rates from... 0.1 0.1 to 0.25, that just looks absolutely stupid when you think that the penultimate print for the retail price index was 14.2%. Absolutely.
1: It just shows how behind the curve they were and how they believe their own hype. You know, they've got all these people that work for them, all these PhDs, all these agents reporting back economic intelligence from the regions of the UK, and they still came up with that. So really, you could have done a better job on the back of an envelope. And it was obvious for so long that rates were totally out of kilter with what was going on. But I think you see this a lot now in what I'd call liberal economics, which is people believe what they want to believe rather than what's actually in front of them. It's not just a Bank of England thing. They're all guilty of it. They have all believed what they wanted to believe rather than looking at the facts and not wanting to register that if you print as much money as has been printed since 2008, 2009, it's all going to end up in a bad place. And Murphy's Law being what it is, it's come at... The same time as Ukraine and, and, and one or two other things. So I think it was inevitable that we were going to get here due to the monetary incompetence of major central
0: banks. Well, this year has obviously been one of the most memorable ones. It's been full of excitement all the way. I think we've had a reasonably good year. Our client portfolios are down just a little bit less so than the equity markets are and because we have avoided certain sectors in particular fixed interest investments then I think we have done reasonably well. I've mentioned it before but the 30-year gilt at one stage was down over 60%. That's a heck of a lot of capital to lose in a what is regarded as a safe investment.
1: It's only safe in the sense that the Bank of England is likely to repay your capital in nominal terms. And that's not really being safe in real terms.
0: And there's the key, nominal terms. When you've got inflation, which is double digit, you need some decent real returns in order to protect the real value of your capital. Do you not agree, Robert?
2: I certainly agree with that. The issue is that many people out there are misled by what they read in the papers, in the business press. And it's a difficult thing to be able to tell people the truth, to be honest with you. Without shocking them. So we continue to do these podcasts. We continue to manage money as we manage our own. And it's a hard slog, to be honest.
0: That leads us on to where should we be invested for whatever might happen in 2023? What do you think, John? Well,
1: as ever, businesses or enterprises of substance that have real competitive advantages. And if it turns out that those businesses get cheaper, then we may have a wonderful opportunity. Who knows? Central banks should be putting rates up, but I'm not so sure that they have the guts to put them up to where they should be. And nobody wants to be blamed for ushering in a deep recession. So... I'm not convinced of their inflation-fighting abilities and what they may do, you know, there may well be a Fed pivot and pivots from other central banks when they see what's happening out there. And they may not have the stomach for the fight, in which case inflation won't be tamed. They will have gone through the motions and it's perfectly possible that they will tolerate higher levels of inflation than they truly should. That would be a terrible background for for fixed interest investments. It would, as a general rule, I think, play to equities, but as ever, uh, only a certain type of equity
0: and we've mentioned that before there's a lot of blended funds out there cautious managed etc etc which have high weightings to fixed interest investments property etc etc and I think you've got to look under the bonnet in order to see exactly where you are invested and if anyone needs any help doing that then they know where we are I see that the Italians have now started to get upset with the ECB at the rate which interest rates are going up and the the effect that's having on their economy. And I think there is some worry about funding their debt going forward, which I think is about 150% of GDP. I just wonder whether you're seeing slight cracks in the European Union starting to form. And it'd be interesting to see Where that leads to, and the fact that some of the central banks within Europe, I think, have got very optimistic views on inflation. They're looking to get inflation back to target of 2% by the end of twenty four, or twenty five, And I think inflation could easily remain above target for the next 10 years or so, given the elevated energy prices, etc.
1: Yeah, I think that is a real option. Plus the fact governments can't really afford... The true cost of debt. They've managed to fix it for such a long time, but the lid's now coming off. So they're quite happy, uh, or will be quite happy, to inflate away the real value of some of their debts. That could happen. As for the Eurozone, what you're seeing really is the stupidity of having such disparate countries all having the same currency. Greece can't have. Germany's currency unless it has Germany's economy or something similar to it it's that simple if you have your own currency it's a shock absorber and if Greece for example still had the drachma it would have a cheap drachma it would allow it to to a degree export its way out of trouble and it would make imports more of a problem and you have natural checks and balances there but because it's got the same currency as Germany it is and I use Greece just as one example, it's locked into, in essence, an internal devaluation, which which simply means they have to cut costs, they have to cut wages all the time to remain competitive. Every advert I see on the TV at the moment seems to be for Turkey. And I can imagine why they're doing it. It's because Turkey, compared to Greece, will be hugely cheaper, because its currency is dirt cheap. Whereas, to go to Greece just over the water would be much more expensive because it's got the euro. You simply cannot have a currency imposed on such different economies. It doesn't work. And I think what you're seeing with the Italians is just something that was inevitable.
0: Okay, so that brings us on to our next subject. I wonder where Mick Lynch is going for his holidays next year.
2: Well, I don't know, but he can afford it already, can't he? Well, he won't be going to Peterborough Station because he can't get there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, Robert, I suppose that there are lots and lots of strikes going ahead at the moment or planned. I mean, in reality, the demands by the nurses of 19.2% are cloud cuckoo land. That is not happening in the private sector by any stretch of the imagination. And I think even Keir Starmer realises that it's a non-starter and... Mm. It would be interesting if, if you saw a change of government today and the, the Labour Party pandered to these uh, striking individuals and unions and paid them what they wanted, what would happen to the bond market in particular? Because the amount of debt in this country go skyrocketing.
2: I was thinking when you when you asked me that question, the trouble is I'm of a certain political persuasion. So um i might answer this in a particularly biased way but you just can't conjure up money from nowhere it just doesn't happen so yeah i mean we all get that everybody would want more money to come into their wage packet i get that i i do too so please keep working by the way guys but reality is that at some point you have to say You know, we cannot do this. We cannot keep funding the public purse. The reality is simple and it is that the
1: private sector pays for the public sector and the private sector isn't giving 15% plus salary increases. So it's that simple.
0: But also, the private sector does not provide the same size of pensions which the public sector provides. And those pension funds are worth substantial amounts of money, which most people in the private sector can only dream of.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. I think we three know all about that. You know, you have to save big time over your lifetime to get anywhere near the annual amount of money that a public sector pension will provide, bottom line.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I think that the... Public sector pension is something which is going to have to be phased out over a period of time. And it's how you do that, because it's just unaffordable. And there's a huge number of people who would fundamentally disagree with that. Or you give the private sector the equivalent. As we know, this country is skint. It's only getting worse. So these things remain or are likely to be unaffordable in the long run, unless you increase the the retirement age, which, again, is hugely controversial.
2: Well, they'll, they'll have to do. That's the whole thing I'll just run out of money.
0: Yeah, I totally agree,
2: John. The bottom line is that when we get to state retirement age, it's going to be pushed forward. And when our children get to state retirement age, you know, they could be 85 before they get any dosh.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the state pension has to be means-tested in due course. I just can't see any other way to do it, Uh, which, again, is not going to be popular. A bit like turkeys voting for Christmas.
1: We're in the foothills now of... All the promises that have been made by generations of dimwit politicians who were buying votes, all their cockamamie schemes are now going to start falling apart because there just isn't going to be the resources there.
0: And on that cheerful note, should we have a look forward to 2023 and what might happen? I do think that inflation will start to pull back a little bit. I think that it will remain elevated for longer than the central banks think or calculate. I also think that interest rates will have to go up a little bit further after a pause. And as for the stock market, there are a lot of good companies out there who have passed on their additional costs to customers. I think that you'll see that coming through in company results. And I think hopefully, uh, dividends increasing in line with inflation
1: Well, I think if there's a theme about good quality businesses, it is that you can see they are passing on these cost increases, and that's why we own them. But I think interest rates from here, I think they're going to try and pause the the rate of increases. I think inflation will come down, but it is going to stay at higher levels. I don't think it's going back to 2% because there's too many things that are coming out of the box now. So I pretty much agree with what you just said.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting year. We've um, There'll be various things to watch. I think that uh, commercial property funds are going to be quite interesting uh, to watch. I think there'll be potentially liquidity problems there. And I think that will have a knock-on effect on some of these cautious managed funds, these blended funds, etc. And I think the obvious one to watch, as John, you've said recently in an article you wrote, Cryptocurrencies... We don't understand them. We've seen the implosion of FTX and the arrest of the guy who set it up. And it will be interesting to see where cryptocurrencies are in 12 months' time, if they still exist.
1: Yes, well, uh, um, whatever is going on with cryptocurrency in 12 months' time, we, we will be having nothing to do with it.
2: Here we are. The end of 2022, and Duncan introduced this blog. He's saying we're going to have a light-hearted look. There wasn't much light-heartedness in that. I didn't think. You know, it is what it is. And I wish everybody a happy Christmas, merry New Year. Let's hope we can all make a bit of money in the next financial year, uh, next calendar year. I recommend you to have a look at our website to check out John's articles, because we talked about uh, the latest one he's written, which um, discussed cryptocurrencies, except I think we replaced the Y with the A. Happy Christmas, everybody.
0: This material shouldn't be considered as advice or an investment recommendation you should consult an advisor regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority prior to making investment decisions. All investments carry a degree of risk, the value of any investment or income received from it can go up as well as down and you may not get back the amount invested. Information recorded within this podcast was accurate at the time of recording.